Hi, thanks for listening to C3 Hobart Online. If this message impacts you in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us. Thanks for listening. Welcome, guys. I'm so excited about this morning. Whether you're in Hewanville watching this on your iPad or maybe you're in the northern suburbs and you're you're um, sitting around your couch watching, watching this with your family or 1.5 metres apart, of course. Or maybe you're on the eastern shore in your dressing gown surrounded by your cats. And it doesn't really matter how you're joining us this morning, but I want to say welcome to you. And I'm so excited about what we're doing here. And I, I know it's been a really crazy week and there's been a lot of talk about the importance of social distancing. But I just want to say that even though we need to practice social distancing, that doesn't mean we need to be socially distant. And I love that um, this is a great time where we can remind ourselves that church isn't about a building and it's not even a service, it's actually a family. And I love that Pastor Sean and Morella have chosen to continue with the series that we're on called Trash Your Bible, because I honestly don't think I've been ever so excited about any series before the way I'm excited about Trash Your Bible, because I'm completely passionate about Bible reading. You see, I believe that if you're hungry, the Word of God is actually food to satisfy you. If you're feeling like you're being shaken and, and you're shifting around, the Word of God is a rock you can stand on. It is a foundation for your life. If you're feeling like you're being attacked from every side, this Word is a sword in your hand. If you're feeling like you're in darkness, well, this Word is a lamp for your feet. If you're feeling like you're doubtful, His Word is a light unto your path. If you're feeling like you're angry with God, or you're frustrated with God, or you're displeased with God, His Word is the message of reconciliation. And if you're feeling like you're being tossed to and fro and overwhelmed by the stuff of life, and I think most of us would be able to relate to that this week, well, His Word is an anchor for our soul. So I am completely excited about this series called Trash Your Bible. I even love that the Bible is called the Bible because the word Bible is actually a Latin word that means book. So when someone asks you, have you been reading the Bible lately? What they are actually asking is, have you been reading the book lately? And um, one of Aaron's cousins is actually getting married later in the year. And she recently posted a picture on Instagram that said, I said yes to the dress. And when she posted that, we all understood exactly what she meant. See, she was saying, she wasn't saying that she bought a dress or just any old dress would do or one of many options. She was saying she found the dress, the perfect dress for her day. Well, let me tell you, church, that this word is not just a book. It's not any old book. It's not one of many options. It is actually the book, the perfect book for us to build our life on, the perfect book for any situation or circumstance. So am I excited about this series called Trash Your Bible? You better believe I'm excited about this series called Trash Your Bible. I am totally pumped and I believe that God has an awesome word for you this morning. But first of all, we're going to pray again, because it's what we do in this church. Close your eyes with me. Lord, I just thank you for your word. God, I thank you that I don't need to dress it up. I don't need to water it down. I don't need to make it 
shiny and polish it up, God. Your word stands alone. And so, God, today I pray that you would open up our hearts to be willing and able to receive the word that you have for us, that we could yield a great crop from you, for you. And everybody said, amen. Amen and amen, guys. If you have your Bibles and you've literally got zero excuse to not have your Bibles, go and grab your Bibles off the shelf, off your thing next to your bed. Uh, We're going to open it up to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verses 97 to 105, we're going to look at today. Psalms, for those of you that don't know, is in the Old Testament. And it's actually a book of uh, songs of worship and praise to God. And Psalm 119 actually happens to be the longest psalm in that entire book. It's something like 176 verses. And nearly every single verse is about how great, how fantastic, how awesome the Word of God is. But you'll be glad I'm not going to read all 176 verses. We're only going to read a small passage. So Psalm 119 verse 97 says this. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I've kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. I'm just going to read the next section too. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. I love how the psalmist there opens up that passage by saying, O Lord, how I love your law. Now we need to understand at this point that the law of God was actually all they had. So the law of God is synonymous with, it's the same as the Word of God. And he's saying, O Lord, how I love your law, how I love your Word. And I love that he even uses the word love there. Because he doesn't find the Word of God a burden or a restraint, but instead he finds it a solace and a delight. And we're in the midst of this series, Trash Your Bible, and and the heart behind it is not that we would all be walking around in our lives thinking, I have to read my Bible. I have to read my Bible. I have to read my Bible. We don't want you to read your Bible because you feel like you have to read it. We want you to read your Bible because you want to read it. And there is actually a significant difference between those two words, have and want. You see, most of you would know that I'm married to Aaron and uh, he's at home right now looking after our four kids. Hi, kids. And, um, and, you know, when we put the kids to bed and we put the distractions to the side and usually they're one and the same, and we talk about how our day's gone and how, what's going on in our world, you know, I'm not looking at my watch going, are you done here? I've got like five WhatsApp notifications I want to see what's going on on Instagram. I've got a few likes. I actually want to talk to him. I don't feel like I have to talk to him. I want to talk to him. I want his encouragement. I want his advice. I want to hear how his day went. I don't find it a burden to talk to him. I want to talk to him. Well, 
The same thing goes with the Word of God. We shouldn't be coming coming to it from a direction of, I have to read it, but instead we should be coming to it from a point of, I want to read it. God, I want to hear what you want to say to me. But please don't hear what I'm not saying to borrow a phrase from Pastor Sean. Because just because I, I like to talk to Aaron doesn't mean I always find it really easy. And I've got a lot of liberties here because he's not in this room right now. He actually, we, we are very different people. And I can't be the only person that has noticed that sometimes their spouse is kind of annoying. And uh, we're, we're complete opposite. Like, like Aaron, he's really competitive. He's got like that white line fever thing. It drives him. He loves it. He thrives on it. He loves to win. Whereas... I typically will not enter something if I know it's a competition. And if I do, I just hope I don't come dead last. Aaron generally is really chilled out about things. He's relaxed. He, he goes with the flow. He doesn't worry about things. He's really easygoing. <laughs> Whereas I am annoyingly high-strung, I like to tick boxes, I like checklists, and I freak out over everything. Aaron is a night person. He will hit the snooze button five times in the morning before he wakes up. Whereas I don't understand why the sense of responsibility alone isn't enough to wake you up in the morning. We are completely different people. And sometimes if I'm to be honest with you, there are aspects of our communication that I find hard and I find challenging. And yet I find that as I position myself there to communicate with him anyway, that it actually strengthens our marriage. Listen, sometimes you might find this word difficult. Sometimes you might not understand what it's saying. Sometimes you might not like what it has to say. But it's as we position ourselves in the Word of God anyway, that we'll find a hope rising up within us and a strength in our relationship with God. Oh God, how I love your law. Verse 102 says this, we're going to skip down to it. It says, I have not departed from your laws For you yourself have taught me. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. I want to expound on this this part of the, the verse that says, you yourself have taught me. Because God through his word teaches us and he shows us things. Now, in John chapter one, and we're not going to turn there now, but you can jot it down in your notes. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then if you go down to verse 14 in John chapter 1, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so we can understand in in John chapter 1 that before time there was the Word of God, And the Word of God became flesh, became Jesus. So the Word is Jesus. In Hebrews 4.12, which Pastor Sean preached on last week, it says that the Word of God is living and powerful. 
It's sharper than any two-edged sword, able to pierce between our soul and our spirit, between who we think we are and who we really are. Our joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now, I was wondering when I read those two passages, is the word they use in John chapter 1, the word of God, the word became flesh, the same word that they use in Hebrews 4.12 for the word of God is living and powerful. And the Bible wasn't originally written in English. So I went back to the original text and I found that they use exactly the same word. They use the word logos in John chapter 1 and they also use the word logos in Hebrews 4.12. What does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. It means that Jesus is the word. And the Word is Jesus. That means, church, that this book isn't just about somebody. This book actually is somebody. This isn't just a work of literature. It isn't just a a book we can get some ethics and doctrines out of. It is not just a book with some nice lifestyle changes. It is actually a, a, a book that is God. It is God himself speaking to us. And as we read the words of this book, we're learning so much more than just memory verses we can stick on the fridge. We're actually learning who God is. It isn't just about somebody, this book. It actually is somebody. You see, in Genesis, he's the creator. In Exodus, you'll you'll learn that he's the redeemer. In Leviticus, he's your sanctification. In Numbers, he's your guide. And in Deuteronomy, he's your teacher. Can I encourage you, get into the word of God. You're actually engaging with God. You're building your relationship with Him. In Judges, He's the mighty conqueror. In jo- oh, let me stop Joshua. In Joshua, He's the mighty conqueror. In Judges, He's your victory. In Ruth, He's your Kingsman Redeemer. In 1 Samuel, He's the root of Jesse. And in 2 Samuel, He's the son of David. In Kings, He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. In Chronicles, He's your high priest. In Ezra, He's your house of worship. In Nehemiah, He is your mighty wall. In Esther, he's your intercessor. When you read Job, you'll discover he's your arbitrator. In Psalms, church, he's your song. In Proverbs, he's your wisdom. In Ecclesiastes, he's your reason for living. In Song of Songs, he's your lover. When we read the Bible, we need to understand that it's not just knowledge, it's not just information, it's not just about somebody. It actually is somebody. In Isaiah, he's everything you need. In Jeremiah, he's the balm of Gilead. In Lamentations, he's the ever-present one. In Ezekiel, he's the guarantee of renewed life. In Daniel, he's the ancient of days. In Hosea, he's your ever-faithful lover. In Joel, he's your refuge. In Amos, he's your husbandman. When you read Obadiah, you'll discover he's Lord of the kingdom. In Jonah, he's your salvation. In Micah, he's your judge. In Nahum, he's the jealous God. In Zephaniah, we've missed one out, haven't we? In Habakkuk, he's the holy one. In Zephaniah, he is the witness. In Haggai, he overthrows the enemies. 
In Zechariah, he is the Holy One, the Lord of hosts. And in Malachi, he's unfailing love. Church, let's read our Bibles and come to it from a point that we understand that when we read it, we're not just reading about somebody. We're actually engaging with God. Oh Lord, how I love Your Word, for in it You Yourself have taught me. We, I could go on about that for ages, but we're going to go down to verse 105. Verse 105 says, Your Word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Your Word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. And if I could only have you take home one point, literally you are home, but take home in your heart. Come on, work with me. You know what I'm talking about. If you can take home one point, it would be this, that His Word is a lamp for our feet and it's a light on our path. And when I first read that, I wondered to myself, why do they use the word lamp and light? Why did He differentiate between the two? And so being who I am, I went back to the original text and tried to find out what those words were. And I found out that the word he uses there for lamp means glistening. It means literally a candlelight worth of light. Just enough light to see your last step, your next step. But it is a shining light up ahead on your path. And that that word light that they use there for light on your path means bright. It means luminary. It means it is, it comes from a root word that means the break of day. Now, when the day breaks, there's a massive difference on the planet. I mean, we're all asleep. We can't see anything. The sun comes up, it's bright. We see everything. So the Word of God is like a glistening, a little bit of candlelight around our feet, but it's this bright shining light up ahead on our path. And when I first read that, man, I, I was frustrated at God. I mean, because I'm the kind of person that I like to know how everything's going to play out. I want to know if I step here, what's going to happen? If I step here, what's going to happen? If I step here, and right now the cameraman hates me. If I step here, what's going to happen? I want to know everything. But if His Word is only a glistening, only a candlelight worth of light around my feet, well, I can only see just enough to see my next step. And yet it's this huge shining light up ahead on my path. And I ask God, God, why would you do that? My immediate need is right now, but all I can see is my next step. Why is your word like that? And God reminded me as to the way that I read books. I love to read. I read a lot of books, but I have a horrible habit when I read. You see, I'll read the first few chapters of a book and then I'll skip to the end and I'll read the last page. And if the last page doesn't make sense, I'll read the whole last chapter. I'll find out what's gonna happen in the end and then I return to where I was in the text and I read the rest of it through. And many people have said to me, man, doesn't that like ruin the story for you? Doesn't that ruin how you read a book? It honestly doesn't ruin it at all for me. You see, if I'm reading Spot, no, I was writing to Spot at the moment. If I'm reading Spot and Spot gets lost and then he starts playing a game of hide and seek, but then his mum freaks out and can't, can't find him. I'll skip to the end of the story and I'll find out that all along Spot was hiding under the kitchen table, but then he fell asleep. 
But then his mum found him and everything was fine. And then I'll, I'll go back to where I was in the story and I'll, I'll, I'll look up behind that shower curtain and I'll open that grandfather clock up and I'll look under the pillow on the couch and I'm not worried anymore that no one is going to find Spot. I'm not worried that Spot and his mum are never going to be reunited because I know I've read the end and I know that all along he's on the, under that kitchen table and he's fine. And so I'm not worried and I enjoy the journey. Well, church, when it came to this book, I did exactly the same thing. I read the end of the story. And you know what I found out? I found out that he wins. I found out that he's victorious. I found out that he's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I found out that every single situation, circumstance and scenario in your life will bow before him. I found out that everything in my life pales in significance to the glory of who he is. Now, now I can return to where I am in my story and seeing that bright shining light up ahead on my path and knowing the direction that He is and how this whole thing ends, I've actually discovered that it's not that hard to know where to put my feet. His Word is a lamp for our feet and a light on our path. God, how I love Your Word. I know that for most of us, we've had a really crazy week. I know things have been insane. And the kind of popular word at the moment seems to be unprecedented. We're living in unprecedented times. But I also wanna remind you that we serve an unprecedented God. And I know that for many of us, we're kind of bunkering down in a physical sense. Can I encourage you to bunker down in the Word of God? I'm gonna pray for us, guys. Lord, I just thank You for Your Word. God, I thank You that in the most hopeless of situations, Lord, You are hope and You give us hope. And so God, I lift up everyone that's at home. God, whether they're from Hewanville to Claremont, Lord God, Sandy Bay to Tranmere. God, I pray your hand upon these people. God, I pray that you would give us a revelation, Lord, of who you are. God, help us to stay strong in you, Lord Jesus. You are our rock and you are our victory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen, guys. Hi, thanks for listening to C3 Hobart Online. We hope you've enjoyed this message. If you'd like to know more, you can find us at c3hobart.org.au.